Ready? This <laughs> volume. Wow. Oh, I can't do it. Really Door right. shut, This is a gorilla podcast. A collection of interviews, conversations, and hangouts with some of our favorite humans. It's an opportunity for us to pull back the curtain and talk about how we all got here or are getting here. I guess you could say. No edits. That's not Just true. Just uncut conversations about things we've learned, mistakes we've made, and all the stuff that keeps us going. It's another way, we hope, to be a little more human. A little more human. To be more human. <laughs> There's something in there. Uh, welcome to episode nine of A Little More Human. Um, my name is Kate and Vance. Across from me, we have Chase Wiseman. Chase Wiseman. Um, my first question is because a, a lot of people don't necessarily know who you are, and not like uh, like normal life. I'm talking about like people that listen to this podcast in general because you've been around the gorilla community now for like a, a ye- two years almost two in almost July. two years yep. but what is your official title at gorilla well, i came on as business manager which is all things business really i mean it's anything from you know helping with administrative stuff uh-huh. helping with server stuff helping with finance stuff helping with operations stuff just a bunch of different stuff that needs to be, get done that isn't directly related to production but Obviously, still is. So all the business-related stuff, and also it might be kind of obvious, but because uh, no one has interrupted quite yet. But Eric Johnson is actually not here today. He's down south with <laughs> one of the partners, Eric Mashila. They're they're having a buddy road trip in the south, which is pretty wonderful. But um, it's just me today with Chase as we kind of go through this podcast today. So um, Chase, just to give you a heads up, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions of kind of like who you are, why you're here, how you do what you do. Um, all related to the media space because you actually didn't necessarily have a history in the media space, correct? Like you came from nope. a different background entirely, right? Yeah, I've been in a lot of different industries. Um, Maybe give give us the history of how you got to Gorilla and why you chose Gorilla. Yep. Okay. So, as you said, been a lot of different industries. I've been in everything from well water testing to bamboo plantations to um, cannabis tech to now media. Um, so I'm going to have to ask a couple clarifying questions about that. What yep. do you mean? What, what the frick were those industries that you just, you said cannabis tech, bamboo, boo planting. What is it? Plantations. Yeah. Pla- and manufacturing as well. <laughs> what um, the heck is that? <laughs> so pretty much bamboo, um, you know, obviously can grow for 60 years before you need to replant it. So it's a renewable resource. Um, we used it for mainly textiles Well, we were growing it, but we were eventually going to use it for textiles, um, bamboo charcoal, um, flooring, all that sort of thing. So okay. uh, we had bamboo plantations, I mean, uh, Nicaragua, Ghana, South Africa, all those different, you know, places where it grows and different species grow. What were you, do, what, what, how are you involved with this business? So my father had an interest in one of them uh, and then he said that they needed some help um, with pretty much uh, every aspect of it from okay. managing the plantations, um, you know, pretty much from A to Z, from the time they plant them all the way through growing, the operations, financial costs, budgeting, as well as investor relations, um, key performance indicators, like seeing how well they're doing. Um, And then the trends, because, you know, based on, you know, the farmer's almanac and when it's going to rain, actually knowing how many workers we would need in a different season and a different region. Wow. Yep. Awesome. All that fun stuff. So then you got into cannabis tech after you were involved with planting bamboo trees. Yep, I sure did. So I got into cannabis tech. Um, an acquaintance of mine pretty much called me out of the blue and just said, hey, I got this opportunity. I said, great. 
prove it to me in a weekend and, uh, you know, we'll start building a business out of it. Uh-huh. And he proved it to me in a weekend, which um, eventually down the line in this podcast, I may be going into, you know, how validation is the most important thing when starting a business. Um, but we were able to validate in that weekend enough to awesome. build a business plan, raise money and build the company. So that's awesome. Um, so yep. this is the company you were part of before you came to Gorilla. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Directly before. Um, yep. I left that company. Let's see. Early 2017, cool. Uh, moved to Michigan. That's where my wife's family lives now. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you know, obviously, startup life, 60-hour work weeks. Um, you know, not not great for when you have a family and kids. So I said, I'll give you a break. You can be close to your mom, and we'll start fresh here. Awesome. Um, that's what we did. Awesome. So when you're exploring job opportunities in Michigan, because obviously it's not like necessarily like you had a lot of different experiences <laughs> leading up to Gorilla. What made you decide to jump into the media landscape? And a lot of what we talk about on this podcast in general is a lot of creative stuff. And I I think sometimes business gets knocked as not necessarily creative, but in actuality, it's highly creative because you're having to adapt to a lot of different scenarios within your field. So how were you able to like kind of approach Gorilla with your expertise and like help us solve problems. Yeah. So, um, definitely creative, um, you know, finance operations. Um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's a lot less number crunching what people think. Um, and it's a lot more problem solving pretty much throughout the whole thing. Okay. Um, so when I first, um, let me back up a little bit. Originally what I was going to do is I was going to go to get my MBA because I thought, Hey, I get my MBA at a good school. Mm-hmm. I'm set for life, mm-hmm. that whole sort of thing. Um, so I made a deal with my wife. Half the time I'll be studying for my MBA. Half the time I'm going to be studying uh, or, or looking for a job in Grand Rapids or Texas or all these other places we're going to look to okay. to be in. So I did that um, for quite a while, uh, a few months at least. Uh, and before I was about to, you know, stop looking for jobs, mm-hmm. I said, hey, I'm going to look for two more. So I applied to two more jobs. The first one was um, uh, a private equity company in Grand Rapids. Um, and then Gorilla was the other one because I looked at the job description, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was pretty much three jobs in one. Um, <laughs> not not kidding at all. Um, it was like three pages. I've never seen such a long description of, of things that uh, I was to do. Um, and I looked at all of them and I've done all of them because as a, as a co-founder, you have to wear every single hat in an organization. So I was familiar mm-hmm. with every single thing that was listed there. That's awesome. Um, and it's, it was on for a couple months, I think. Um, and I just said, Hey, I'm going to apply, got a call the next day. Um, and then there was, I, I've never had so many phone interviews either. Um, there was like five, um, <laughs> which was interesting. Um, <laughs> Yeah, one of them was like a group one where there I, was think, a group I remember interview. that one yep. where like, like we Skype. all got to interview you. That was like the third or fourth interview. Um, there was in-person interviews. There was, I mean, there was a lot. Um, they were really vetting, which is was promising for me too. Uh, and I love the culture. And so, yeah, um, I did get really far with that other private equity company. I, I was like, um, you know, the last three out of like 300 applicants or whatever, which would have been awesome. Um, but at the same time, um, they're, I don't want to say dragging their feet, but it was a longer process and I wanted mm-hmm. to start now. I want to move, you know, to Grand Rapids. Um, and uh, so that's what I did. I just said, hey, culture is great. I know I can do all these things really well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's a new challenge. Um, with me, it's less about um, career, you know, progression. It's more about finding a challenge and being able to, 
you know, problem solve okay. with something new and creative, which is probably why I'm jumping around industries so much is, you know, it's the next cool, fun thing to do that I have no, you know, no clue how to do it or what it's about. Right, right. So I think that leads to my next question because like, I was going to say like, why did you choose Gorilla? And like, you've kind of hinted at it a little bit, but also why did you choose this, this particular challenge uh, when it comes to your skill set, because obviously you've done a lot of different things at this point. And I was, I've always been curious, is like, why did you choose this place? Or why did you choose a production company or creative studio, like that we call ourselves now? Yeah. So, um, the first thing that grabbed me was culture. When I walked in for the actual, um, in-person interview and I sat down, uh, it was almost exactly like the company, uh, the company I co-founded. Um, all the people were pretty much the same. They dressed the same. They talked the same. Um, it was going to be an easy transition for me to do. Um, cool. And leaving a company I co-founded, you know, obviously isn't easy to do. So going into a culture that's very similar uh-huh. made it a lot easier of a jump. Right. If I went to a private equity company and wearing a suit every day, that's not something that I'm going to feel comfortable doing because that's not what I usually did. Right. Even in the bamboo plantation company, I wore a suit like four times. In right. Three and a half years I was there. Um so really, that was the big thing. You know, culture was the big thing that really brought me here. Um, and the um, and the owners also, I could relate to really well. Easy to talk to. They spoke mm-hmm. my language. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when it comes to actually the, the criteria of um, what I wanted to do and how I would, was going to accomplish it is I saw a lot of things. Um, and actually part of my inter- interview process, they didn't ask me for this, but I wrote a description of everything that I would help them do with the things that they wanted to accomplish. Right. So I wrote out this, you know, five page long thing of here's all the things and how I would do it. Awesome. Um, and so when I did that, I, I knew I could do it. Um, and since have actually accomplished, you know, the majority of those things. Um, and yeah, I mean, I saw a way to kind of help. Uh, and I saw a way to fit into a culture that I was more accustomed to than the other uh, jobs I applied to. Awesome. And just all made sense, quite honestly. It just all kind of fit. And now I'm here two years later. And, uh, you know, we're still trucking along, you know, getting stuff done. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I asked a process question of like, we've had editors and DP. Well, we haven't had a DP on yet, but we've had directors and different kinds of creatives related to like the filmmaking world. But like, I asked them a lot of like creative process questions. Your process is very similar because what I've heard you saying is you you solve problems. So my question is related to how you solve problems. Like, is do you have like a, is it like a gut feeling of like, oh, I just know how to tackle these problems? Or like, how do you end up like beginning to solve a problem when it comes to like, for instance, we have a new building that we've been like slowly inching towards for a long time, but um, that's a massive task to kind of like move a company into a new building, but it's also a big problem. Like you, there's a lot of things that flare up. How do you kind of approach solving problems for a business like ours? I'll, I'll use the building, um, I guess building thing, for example. So we've been trying to get into a building for what I heard, like five to six years. Yeah. Um, You realize we had a lot of bad luck in the past with buildings. So what I started with quite honestly was, um, why didn't we, why, what got in the way? Um, and this is how I usually solve all my problems. I, I always look, if there's a startup coming to me and saying like, Hey, we're trying to do this or, you know, um, you know, we're trying to disrupt this industry that's, you know, hasn't been disrupted in a while. I say, okay, well, what, what are people doing right now? Like, what are they doing right now that you don't think is working? And what are you going to do differently that's going to actually change that whole kind of landscape and scope mm-hmm. of things? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I did the same thing with the building. I just said, hey, let me look at all of the 
all the old buildings you were going into. Let mm -hmm. me look at all the agreements, mm -hmm. um, how you wanted things set up, what contractors you were working with, just pretty much a, lance, a, a you know, a scope of everything that happened. Mm -hmm. So I started there. Kind of like a research phase. Completely. Yep. You always want to do a research phase. Um, and that's just kind of me because um, I'm less of a dreamer and more of like, XYZ. Uh -huh. um, oh, my co-founder that, you know, with the last company, he was the dreamer. I was not. I was the guy that, like, okay, how is this going to be practical? I'm the right. dream crusher is what he called me. You're a realist. I'm, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Easiest way to put it. Um, so that's what I did. And I just said, okay, great. Now, um, you know, let, let's find a building. Obviously you have to go through the easy, you know, let's find a building. How much is it going to cost? How can we negotiate? See all the different choices. Um, you know, what contracting company are we going to use to, you know, renovate it? Cause we knew we weren't going to get into a building and just, you know, put some paint on it and be good. Like right. we wanted to build a building. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we just went through that whole process and every step of the way, it's always checkpoints of, okay, did this get done? Who else needs to get done? What are the impediments that are going to come up? Um, and just, you know, go through the whole process mm -hmm. and make sure that also, mm -hmm. um, you don't want to ever backpedal, which I've noticed a lot of times when you go down the, the wrong path, you waste a bunch of time. So I didn't want to backpedal either, um, and mm -hmm. made sure that the, the partners, the owners were on you know, every step of the way, right. um, even though I'm liaisoning, doing all these things, that was the most important thing to me and, and getting sign off from them because, um, you know, I'm not sure how it was in the past, but I think there was some miscommunication possibly that might've happened mm -hmm. um, along the way. Right. Um, so, but, I mean, so research phase, then communication phase, and then like execution phase. I'm just trying to like yeah. synthesize. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Synthesize. So yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, it's, it's more along the lines of, and again, this isn't just for the building, but um, it's research and then validation. Okay. Um, so it's like research validation. Once it's validated, uh, then you create a plan, then you execute. Okay. Um, and then from that point on, um, it's just refining. It's a cycle. The whole thing's a cycle, uh, with a startup or any project, it's always a cycle uh, with mm -hmm. these types of things. And you're always refining. Cause if you're not on the, on the cutting edge, um, and, and refining your process, you're going to be left in the dust within five years. Cannabis, it was like two years. That's pretty great. So I, I really like what you just said there. I think that's indicative of a lot of, even when we were doing a project for a client, there's, they might be called different things, but they're very similar when it comes to the process of like, oh, I have to learn about the client first. And then I have to make up a plan of how I'm going to get it done. And a lot and of like, times, a lot of times, which is really nice too, um, with Gorilla, um, is, you know, there's usually whenever you, whenever you go into a new company and this helped me a lot, you know, kind of getting in here is everyone's so tunnel visioned. Um, and any, any sort of organization that you're going to get into, any sort of startup you're starting, you have a very set plan and you have tunnel vision on, on exactly what to do. When you bring an outsider in and they don't have that tunnel vision and they haven't been there for five years, right. it's, it, you get the chance to see it at a, as a completely objective approach to things. Right. Those, those are one of the things that like people kind of oversee um, as maybe an obstacle of like, oh, we don't want to let a new guy in. Um, but all of the kind of innovations that we've made in any of the companies I've been in the past mm -hmm. has been we brought someone new in to get a different perspective. Right. Um, every three to six months, we'd have someone new in. They'd get a different perspective. You can listen to them. I would recommend it. Or you can say, hey, that's not really what our culture is. It's not how it's working. But nine out of 10 times, it's going to be an insight that at least you'll realize if not use it. Right. Right. Something that you can actually be challenged with and grow from and not necessarily like be scared of the new insight, but actually adopt some new thinking potentially. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that's how you usually stay ahead of the curve. It's those companies that have the same, you know, same people working there, no new people for 20 years. And then, you know, they're just kind of the dinosaur company that has never innovated it. Right. Never, no disruption, no anything. Right.
Okay. So this might be an odd question for you, but I'm trying to figure out like what inspires you to keep going in this field? Because obviously like you, uh, you like challenges, you like solving problems, but, um, specifically when it comes to like the creative field that you're currently part of, and I'm not to say like the other field, like the previous jobs weren't creative. Obviously you solved a lot of problems for those other companies, but I'm curious, like what inspires you to keep kind of stay motivated and stay like keep showing up because like you're one of the people you're the one of the types that i see like you're like me you get in pretty early you like to get rolling started i mean like you like work out first thing in the morning and then like really get after your day but like what for you motivates you is it like i want to take care of my family is it what are the things that kind of keeps you inspired to keep going yeah i mean there's the the essential like yeah um you know i'm able to make make enough money to take care of my family, do the things I want to do. Honestly, I just like to work a lot. Um, which <laughs> there's always work to do here. So um, even when I'm not working and the family goes about, I'm usually like getting into something or learning or reading or doing something. Um, you just you just love work. Yeah, I just do. Yeah. And it's not even just work. It's more like creating something. Um, so in the, and this is going to kind of link into your question. It's, um, you know, the more I can create, whether it's, you know, um, helping with some of the... Um, um, you know, kind of like nonprofit stuff that you guys are doing, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's a fatherhood, for example, yeah. that whole project was great. Um, cause that was a whole new dynamic. That was a whole new kind of financing business plan, how we can, you know, kind of mm-hmm. have that mm-hmm. uh, execute and, and work that stuff I love to do. Um, and then even little things like the building, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, or like, um, making sure that we, um, you know, are meeting our goals and, and have enough, um, you know, have enough resources to actually go to the next level and, and do something great. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the type of things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, on the side, it, you know, I, I'm not one of those guys that's going to go to a bar on a Friday night with their friends. Um, I'd rather, you know, meet up with someone and say like, hey, you know, how's your startup doing? Or I try to do a lot of mentoring as well. Um, and not for, not for them uh, it's for you. as much. It's for me too, because I'm going to learn something completely new that I would have never known before, a challenge I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they usually come to their own conclusion. I just usually ask questions. Right. Uh, you know, why, why is it happening this way? Um, you know, what happens if you went down this path? And, you know, they'll solve their own problems. But for me, that's, you know, um, that's what I love to do. That's what excites me. And it's the same thing here, quite honestly. Yeah. There's always a, always a new problem. There's always... Um, a new question that's asked of me. Um, and usually a lot of times I won't have the answer, but usually they will. Um, and I'll just ask as many questions as I can until they right. find, find it out. So I, you said something pretty interesting right there. So you'd rather on a Friday night, instead of like going out and drinking or hanging out or like even going to a movie or whatever, you'd actually rather go sit down with someone and figure out how to help them. But also because you actually just love discovering new things within how to do what you do. Yeah, it's, it's that whole, um, I guess I'm addicted. Uh, it's like a, a, maybe I got it with startups. I'm addicted to the Eureka moment when those type of Eureka moments happen, either with someone else or with myself. Um, it's, you know, like a drug, quite honestly. Okay. Um, you know, dopamine gets released. Um, I get those Eureka moments and, you know, it's like drinking and getting those sort of endorphins, that sort of thing, or running. Um, it's the same kind of thing with business. So what, it, whether I'm going to build a business plan or whether I'm going to talk to somebody and, and help them with something and they get that eureka moment, whether we're drinking or not, right. um, it's one of those things that I just love. It's I'm always chasing that um, that's really more cool. than anything else. That's, that's, I mean, that's a lot of good self-awareness happening right there. Like knowing that, like, actually, this is the thing that I'm chasing. Because I think a lot of people might try and have that feeling, but 
in kind of destructive ways. <laughs> like when because like, oh, I, I have to go out on Friday nights because they're actually that's the only time that they're gonna have any kind of like endorphins or dopamine hitting their brain from like alcohol or something like that. But when they're actually not necessarily chasing the real thing, which is like I love building a business mm -hmm. and like I like actually making something and you can get that same feeling from doing that. Yeah. And there's a, a book I'm listening to. Um, uh, I only read usually when I have to go to sleep, but um, there's a book I'm listening to called um, Stealing Fire. Um, they okay. talk about a lot of that, um, you know, kind of getting, uh, finding that ecstasy um, and, and that endorphin rush. A lot of, and again, they say a lot of it's through, you know, Buddhist monks um, can uh -huh. get to, um, you know, gamma, which, um, you know, your brain waves, that's like past, you know, beta, beta, uh, waves to where they have like enlightenment. Um, you know, Google would go to burning man, um, or <laughs> the Navy seals have this thing called flow where they don't have to speak to each other. They know what to do just because they're all in sync. Um, right. those are the type of things that, um, I think a lot of people are chasing with pharmaceuticals and going out and drinking and all those things, but usually you can find it. Um, you know, those things might help you right. find it, but, um, yeah, for me, I, you know, in certain things, and again, I'm not some like, you know, some crazy prophet or anything, but I think I've been able to identify and find that thing that a lot of people are, are trying to, you know, look for. And right, I don't always you. find it, but right. for me, I can find it doing that, building a business or, you know, creating financials and seeing if, you know, certain problems can be solved by them or something like that. And I get a little rush out of those things. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. And by the way, I, I don't, I don't care if people go out and drink on Friday nights. Oh, me whatever. either. Whatever makes you happy. Go yeah, for it. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's working for you. And again, a lot of good things happen going out drinking, you know, you might meet your wife, you might meet a I friend. Met, yeah. I met my wife a at a bar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it definitely true. So, all right. Uh, you kind of touched on one of the projects I wanted to ask you about. Uh, projects that you're currently working on that get you excited. They don't necessarily have to be passion projects. Mm -hmm. They don't even have to be for Gorilla. They could be for whatever. Like I'm curious for Chase Wiseman in his current life, like projects that you're really excited about that you really are passionate about that um, kind of keep the fuel alive. Yeah. So alive. there's, there's, um, I'm doing a lot of things that I can't really talk about on this podcast. Um, eventually, um, maybe you'll be able to just NDAs and all, and we can go down that NDA road. I think it's a bunch of hoot nanny, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's some stuff that I'm working on. That's, that's pretty great. And it, it, you know, could come up something for these people I'm helping out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm doing this thing, um, coming up, um, uh, it's Techstars startup week. Uh, okay. it's like a weekend where like you're with a bunch of people that want to build something and you end up building something. Um, awesome. that's, that's really excited. Not really preparing for it. Um, but that's a project I'm looking forward to. It's in a couple of weekends cool. from now. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm trying to finish my basement slowly, but surely, uh, that's another project I'm working on. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's things like the building, like th there's a lot of things I'm doing here. Gorilla, so we have a new, yeah, Gorilla's got a new building we over got a new building, on the building we're building out. I Grand just Rapids. had a meeting yesterday with the architects. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just really to keep myself busy. I've been networking with a lot of startups, quite honestly, and doing a lot of mentoring. Um, you know, there's uh, a startup, um, that helps, um, you know, uh, underprivileged, um, kids code, for example, I did oh, wow. a couple workshops with them. Um, and, uh, you know, I do the, you know, uh, hundred idea day, uh, which I did last July. Um, and that was great seeing a hundred different ideas in a room, um, and just talking to entrepreneurs, you know, whether 
I meet up with them or not. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of cool to see the different things that they're doing. So mm-hmm. um, Grand Rapids has actually got a pretty great culture for that. We have a lot of that kind of thing going on. It's happening. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's nothing like obviously like Denver or Chicago or anything like that that I've been around. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely growing in the tech community as well mm-hmm. um, is growing a lot, a lot faster, quite honestly, even mm-hmm. from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see that happening. But yeah, just meeting with as many people as I can um, and specific projects. I mean, it can vary. I mean, there was like this wall liquor thing that I saw that I was helping out for a little while. I don't know if it wall was liquor? Yeah, it's like this, um, it's like this, this like tray and like, you know, you, you give it, when you're giving a dog a bath, it like licks the tray and distracts them. You can like wash them. Or something. <laughs> well, an actual wall, I, in my brain, I heard wall liquor, like drink, not l- like actual licking with your tongue. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> like the dog. Yeah, so I'm not really sure where that went. Um, I haven't talked to them in a while, but um, yeah, I mean, little things like that, you know, and then obviously the cannabis industry, which I was involved in for three years, um, that's now in Michigan. So um, I've been, here. Yep, I've been getting calls a lot um, about that, um, just from people out of the woodwork, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and helping mm-hmm. some of those businesses and going to the you know networking events and stuff like that and just trying to sp- spread the gospel of what it's going to be like in you know a year to two in right. Michigan because it's going to change a lot. Yep. It, yeah. And Speaking I don't think of people change, are actually, ready for it. I, I do want to ask you about this. So um, you were in cannabis tech before coming to Gorilla, and you've seen the ways of well the ways that technology can disrupt any industry. We are familiar with within our own when it comes to things like social media or things with like technology with cameras or accessibility. Like, I mean, like smartphones, for instance, you can make pretty great videos just with your phone. Like, I mean, there's um, a lot of different ways that tech can disrupt life, really. Um, does that excite you, scare you? Does it create hope for the future? Like, especially in relationship to you specifically and what you do. So like whether it's business or whether it's for Gorilla, like I'm curious, like how you see the changes within our industry or just in general within like culture affecting your chosen career path and how you adopt to it. Yeah, I'm not really sure with my career path, but going a little more like fundamental into technology. First of all, I, I love technology. It's it's making life a lot better. Um, I am one of the people that love loves robots and the things that it's going to be able to do and help um, in the medical field as well as otherwise. Um, social media, it's a, definitely a new game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, AR is getting huge right now mm-hmm. um, and all of that. I personally try not to do as much social media as, as most people do. Um, but for me, and again, it's different for everybody. For me, it, it distracts me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't do a lot of it. Um, I see the power in it. I see the the power in where the advertising is going and, and how we're utilizing it um, mm-hmm. to get, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, for us and as well as for our clients. And it's a, it's a great tool because everyone's on it. Um, for me personally, um, it's a distraction. Um, and, you know, it's not something that... Um, you know, I'm really in, into. I do Snapchat because the filters are crazy, and I, I make the weirdest. <laughs> I didn't things. know this about you. You're on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, I hide. I have a total alias name, like not really many people know. Um, but I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm in like some family chats, and my goal each day is to send them the weirdest thing I possibly can with those filters. So and I usually you're succeed. using social media for how it's supposed to be used. Like I'm trying to send yeah. your family the weirdest, the weirdest Snapchat possible thing. I'll make like day. my kids like these deformed Goonie monsters and have them run around the house. Like that's what I use social media for to <laughs> terrify my family usually that's perfect that's perfect so uh, when it comes to the future within our own business how do you see it kind of continue to affect it you mentioned about ar is there anything else that you're seeing that like could be 
beneficial, scary, um, or great? Yeah, I mean, um, kind of what I what I spoke about. I mean, this is even before we were, you know, really deep into exploring like social media and and how that's going to kind of change in our industry. Mm-hmm. It was probably like, wow, it was like a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, I just noticed that it's 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 getting really big um, with just these small little videos all over Instagram, Dude, all over. Yeah. I mean, that's just where it is and it's where it's always been. And because our attention span is so much shorter because of all the social media and technology, right. there's, you know, people aren't watching huge videos unless they're ready to sit down and, and you know, take a break. Um, but you're getting that's a That's only barrage. a portion of the day oh, that yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. You're getting a barrage of these tiny little clips that are going to stick with you. And that's where the industry is going. Um, you know, I, I mean, not many people, I mean, supposedly people watch cable still, but I mean, I hardly ever do unless I'm watching a cooking show with my like daughter. Like I'm not going to be watching cable. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be either on, you know, Netflix, Hulu, or, you know, watching short little clips on like, LinkedIn or Pinterest or what have you. So mm-hmm. that's where the industry is going. And I, I saw it happening, um, you know, even before we got too involved in in the stuff around here. And mm-hmm. I'm glad we're doing a lot more of that now um, and being able to um, utilize kind of a longer story and short little bits for our mm-hmm. clients. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's going to be huge um, for everybody, you know, for us and for them. Um, and it's it's a new dynamic and, and a way to tell stories that I, I think is going to be very impactful and keep us, you know, as I was saying before, ahead of the curve and be able to, um, you know, keep up with, you know, the changing in, in our times right now. So Cool, cool. So this is kind of a, a random one, um, but I, I, if someone wanted to pursue a path similar to yours, um, say like, you know, they, like, I really want to start my own business or I really want to um, have a startup or like, I've got this great idea. What advice would you give them out the gate? Like uh, uh, maybe it's run for the hills, but I have no idea. Like, what what advice would you give someone that's like, hey, I really want to start my own business, and or I want to like do what you do. Like, is that that we get a lot of those questions? Yeah, and I try to like ask everyone this so that hopefully, you know, people that are listening to this, if they if they're curious about the person that we're interviewing's career path, they can actually get a little bit of insight. Yep. So um, I guess this this can be a twofold one. The first one I'll start with is the fun one, the startup. So. If you want to be an entrepreneur and start your own business, um, you have to really understand that it will be the most terrifying thing you ever do in your whole life, um, especially if you have a family, um, because it's all on the line. Um, it can all end in an instant. You can be in a ton of debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those things you have to be very careful with. Um, if you are good with that risk um, and you are um, and you want to. If you find a passion that um, is going to fulfill you mm-hmm. completely, mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not making money, if, if you're going for a vision instead of for the money, I say go for it. Mm-hmm. If you want to start a business to make millions and billions of dollars and you're looking at all these people on LinkedIn, social media that have like all this wealth and that's why you want to make a business, don't make a business. I was going to say, that's, the motivation is going to be off and you're not going to necessarily make that. There's this money. false perception I see a lot um, with, you know, people you know, with stacks of money and all this stuff. And, you know, I started my own business. You know, I, I worked really hard, got this. And it, it, it bothers me a little bit because um, I think it's like one out of 12 businesses succeed. When, right. Know, a lot so, of businesses actually fail. <clears throat> so you're going to go in all out with, you know, kind of a half-baked business and then go and say, hey, I'm going to make millions of dollars. And that's what I'm, that's my motivation. It's like, no. But if you, if you go and you say, I have a vision to do this, and if I make enough to survive the next 60 years and I'm doing this and I love it, do it. Because you're going yeah. to end up loving every moment of it. You're not going to be thinking about the money. 
and you're doing something that you know you love and you know is going to succeed. Because even if everyone thinks you're crazy, eventually something will click where you'll pivot and find a click and you'll do it. Like right. that's just it. Right. But a lot of people, if, if you're looking for the money, money will come. It just will. If, if you end up doing something that you love and your vision's good, it'll come. It just eventually you'll be successful with that. But mm-hmm. if, you're lo- if you're going for the money, you won't. You just flat out. It'll be very rare. So you get, so so first piece of advice to someone that wants to pursue a career similar to yours is like, n- know what your vision is. Know what your vision is. Understand that it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. And you're going to have the highest highs and the lowest lows you ever have in your life. And it is a complete roller coaster. Um, and if you put a family and kids into that mix, it's going to be a little more intense than what I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you're speaking from experience. So. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, when I started my last venture before Gorilla, um, I had a, a wife, two kids, one on the way and had a couple thousand dollars left in my bank account. And I just went so that it just had to succeed. I didn't have a choice. Right. Um, I just, well, that's kind of a lot of good fuel to be like, this will work. <laughs> yeah. The, the 70 hour weeks were fine for that first two months. <laughs> I, I didn't have a choice. Um, you know, it's like, you know, if you're cool with eating ramen and sleeping on the floor, if you have to, you know, because the Airbnbs, you forgot to book one, then sleep in the office, make sure this pillow's there. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that you have to, um, enjoy and just not care and wake up and be ready to do the same thing every single day. Doesn't, you know, morning, noon, night, Monday through Sunday, quite honestly. Um, but you know, those are the types of things where when I'm mentoring and talking to startups, I can always tell, I can always tell when I talk to someone and they tell me their vision, if they're excited about it and they, they don't mention money one time, I know they're going to probably be a success, you know, a success story with, with some guidance, with some mentoring, but it's one of those things where it's, it's those people that are like, come in and you know, they're like, Oh, I I got this business to make so much money. Okay. It's like, okay, so show me your business plan or whatever. And and who have you validated that actually wants this business, this idea? And they go and they go, well, I've been reading market research. I'm like, no, how many people have you talked to that aren't your friends and family that like think this is a good idea? And if they can't give you an answer, say like, I've talked to, you know, these dozen people in a completely, you know, that I just found on the street or whatever, or went to school and asked them, that's also another indicator of like, if it's going to be a success or not, because validation's huge. When, when me and my co-founder started, bef- in, bef- when I met him that weekend, I just said, okay, it's a great idea. Let's call like hundred different places and make sure that this is legit. Right. So this if, is something that they, people actually need. Yeah. If this is a need that everyone's complaining about and it's right. a huge problem, right. like let's figure it out. So that's what we did. We called a hundred different places. Every single one of them said the same thing. And I'm like, okay, we're onto something like, let's do this. But mm-hmm. you can't go on market research alone. You can't go on, you know, mom and dad said, this is a good idea. They're going to give me 10 grand. Like it's not that it's, it usually doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It might, but in my experience, um, and the people I've talked to it, it hasn't worked out, um, for them. Okay. I really, I mean, I think this is really great advice. I think it's not not just if you're starting your own business, but like, if you're like trying to pursue a job, like if you're, if you're fueled by the finances alone, you're generally going to end up pretty hollow. Like you're not going to be, you're not going to, you're, you're going to like that job for a very short window because yeah. it's, your motivation's kind of off. If but you're it not- really, it depends on the industry too. I mean, you know, Wall Street guys, you know, for example, I have a lot of buddies that are kind of in that mm-hmm. um, sort of, you know, career. Um, they have different motivations and, you know, they love what they do um, just based on, you know, kind of the prestige and stuff they get out of it, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. You know, that's, that's some, some people, you know, like right. that. But when it comes to a startup and you have no capital, 
Um, and that's when you really have to go to your passions. It's not about like, hey, I'm going to be prestigious in this thing that I'm building from scratch. There's an established nature to a lot of those Wall Street guys. Um, there's right. an established, you know, economy and everything else. Right, right. There's They're not, entering something that's been around for a it's long built time. It's already, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going up the ladder. It's making good moves, making good relationships um, and doing that whole thing. And again, you know, it's going from the bottom to the top. It's kind of the same thing as a startup, startups, especially in tech are a lot faster. You go from right. bottom to top, you know, it's hyper growth. It's split, you know, blitz scaling is what they call it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just what I've noticed. And, and again, like it, going on the other side take, take startups away on the finance side. Like if you want to be in finance or operations, um, that's great. If, if you're personable and you really devote, um, what you want to do again, if you want to be like, a CFO for like a multi-billion dollar company, you're going to probably have to get an MBA. You're going to have to go through the motions. You're going to have to start as like a financial right. associate and then right. kind of work up your letter to finance manager and then kind of work up and, mm -hmm. you know, VP of finance, that sort of thing. Um, I could never do that. I'm not that type of person. Right. Um, I can't, I was, <laughs> easiest way to put it is I could get through school, but having like finals week where I have to like memorize all this information, regurgitate it on tests, I just failed. Like my, my grades were great until the tests. Um, I need to be in the flow all the time. Like mm -hmm. if I'm not in the flow, like I'm not, I'm not very in intelligent. I'm not book smart, mm -hmm. um, which I struggled in college, the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it came to like business and actually trying to figure something out and, um, either having a linear or like nonlinear process and, and that sort of thing, and it's just not regurgitating information. I'm supposed you can to know. do that for sure. It's all very day. easy to know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but if you are good at like memorizing things and taking tests and doing all that stuff, the career path's a perfect perfect place for you. But right. you look at any, you know, any sort of successful, you know, um, uh, you know, any of the su successful guys aside from like, obviously like Bill Gates. Um, right. Most of them were dropouts, you know, right. college dropouts because right. they had a vision, they had an idea and, and they're going to go after it. And that's kind of how it is. Um, right. right. I wouldn't say, I'm not saying dropout kids, but I am <laughs> saying, um, yeah, a lot of those people also dropped out of like Harvard, a big difference yeah, exactly. in like or Stanford community college. Or, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm staying school kids. I'm not saying that, but, um, I am saying like, um, being a startup is more unconventional. If you want to go on the finance operations mm -hmm. path, it's more conventional. It's more right. schooling, MBAs, right. get a, a business law degree, right. something like that. Um, but again, you know, it's your choice. Mm -hmm. um, my choice is kind of a mix of both of those. Um, would I not go to college if I had the chance to just go right in the career? Probably not. Um, just because I met my wife, quite honestly. Um, and also, uh, I'm the, you know, secondary. It, it taught me time management. Mm-hmm which I didn't have very good time management, mm -hmm. um, growing mm -hmm. up. So, um, it did teach me a lot of skills, but, um, from the academic perspective, I don't think it taught me as much as like actually doing the business being in Nicaragua for three months and having to figure out how to redo their whole accounting system. Right. That that's the type of thing where it's like, I learned more in those three months than I would have like two years at school. Right. So, um, right. but that's just for me, that's how I learn. Um, we won't go into the academic system and all that stuff right now, but, right, right. um, that's just, you know, in a nutshell, that's kind of what it looks like. Well, dude, I, I appreciate you actually taking the time to actually give us insight. Cause a lot of, I think a lot of people forget within the creative fields, especially like what you do actually helps fuel everything. <laughs> like, Cause you can't really drive a car if there's no gas in it. And the, I mean, and finances is, is the gas that keeps things moving. Um, and I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And I think it's kind of naive to be like, I'm only going to pursue a passion. And then like, you can't live off of ramen forever. Like eventually you do have to have some kind of economic engine. Yep. Cool. Well, dude, thank you for being part of this. Um, 
And everybody, thanks for listening. All right. See ya. Take five. Don't be a dick. <laughs>